You've probably heard it all before, but this time, let Dr. Lanker connect the dots in a way that makes the Christian faith come alive. Hello everyone, my name is Dr. Jason Lanker, and I've been teaching in biblical studies for almost two decades now, and I just have found in my time with my students that a lot of times we know a lot of uh, scriptural truths, but we don't understand how they apply in everyday life, and so I just thought that it would be a great idea to uh, try to answer a lot of questions that my students have posed to me throughout the years and try to help us connect the dots. And so that's what this podcast is all about. We're going to start about halfway through in the book of Romans and follow up to uh, the end of Revelation over the next couple weeks. If you'd like to uh, follow along, then hopefully you'll be able to find some practical application that makes a difference for you, for your loved ones, and the places that you work as we connect the dots between Scripture in everyday life. One of the first things that we notice in Paul's letter to the Romans is his address in verse 7. It says, To all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What's interesting about his address is that he does not call them the church in Rome. That occurs in none of Paul's other letters to the churches throughout his writings and his epistles. What that means is that there is no church there, and our best guess is the reason why is because no apostle has made it to Rome yet to be able to establish with the authority given to them by Jesus Christ, his church. But just because there isn't an official church there in Rome, Paul knows that it needs to be established because there are believers in that place. So he provides instruction all the way through that gives us a lot of insight into what's going on in Rome at the time, but also gives us great insight into what should be going on in our churches in today's world. One of the first things that we can take as an insight comes in verse 1 when Paul calls himself a bondservant of Christ Jesus or a slave of Jesus Christ. That's one of the first insights is that the church is supposed to see itself see itself as servants of Jesus. Oftentimes we get ourselves in trouble in the church when we see the church as servant to us, when we evaluate whether they're meeting our needs, singing the songs that we want to sing, doing the things we want them to do. And Paul contrasts that at the very end of his letter in chapter 16, in verse 18, for he says, for such men are slaves, not of our Lord Jesus Christ, but of their own appetites. This has always been a problem with the church, and this is something that Paul wants to cut off at the pass. The reason why he wants to cut it off at the pass, and and the people specifically he's addressing here, are the Judaizers who continue to come behind Paul and tell the people, hey, you know what, you kind of understand what the gospel is. but you really have to understand Judaism if you're going to live the gospel out to its fullness. Paul knows that that isn't the case. There's never other people that come in with more rules that are going to make our lives better. And that's the second insight we have about the church. If it's a place that always provides you more rules and more things to do that are going to make your lives better and make Jesus love you more and be better Christians, it's missed what God's called us to. It's about living in his grace and us showing a lot of difference and being called to be his unique servant, not to be the servant of a pastor or anybody else in this process. Uh, one of the other things that stands out and it just shows up uh, towards the end of the letter in chapter 15, in verse 24, he says, 
Whenever I go to Spain, I hope to see you in passing and to be helped on my way there by you when I have first enjoyed your company for a while, but now I am going to Jerusalem serving the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. Yes, they were pleased to do so as they are indebted to them. The church is always looking to meet the needs of the world around them. The first part in moving to Spain is that Paul says, you know what? I don't want to just care for the people I already know. There's people who've never heard God's good news. And so I'm going to head to these crazy places and I'm going to open up God's truth for them. That should be the heart of the church from beginning to end. Also, at the same time, he's saying, hey, I'm, I'm writing this letter to prepare you for this ministry I'm going to be doing in the future. I also have a present ministry and it's meeting needs of people who are related to you because they're part of this family of God, but they aren't really like your family family. And and the church needs to be the same way. It needs to be going, okay, how do we meet needs of people who aren't even in our own congregation? If we can do that, then we're going to be living out the truths that Paul wants to unpack in the book of Romans. Another, and this book is chock full of insights here, when Paul goes ahead and he uh, writes this letter, he writes it because of an interaction that we find in chapter 16, verse 3. Greet Prissa, or Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, for whom my life risk their own necks, to whom not only do I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles also greet the church that is in their house. If you go back to Acts chapter 18, Priscilla and Aquila have uh, met Paul in Corinth because they were expelled by Emperor Claudius uh, because of some uprising. We're not exactly sure what happened, but it's around 50 AD. They're tent makers. They meet Paul in that process and they begin to uh, just kind of talk about the gospel with him. And as they part ways, they end up eventually going back to Rome and they have a church meeting in their home. What's interesting about that is at the very beginning, we said, hey, there's no church, big C, in Rome at this point. That's why he calls them the, the believers, the, the saints in that place. But there is a small C church, and this is a huge insight. A lot of times we see trouble. We see times that everything's falling apart and we go, you know what? God can't be working there. No, God was expanding his ministry to Rome by expelling these Jews that would have never come across Paul's path had they not been expelled from Rome. So we're not daunted by the bad things in life. We actually see them as opportunities if we're really going to live as the church. And not only do we see them as opportunities, but we see ways to be able to expand their ministry. Paul is the great apostle. He's the one who should be doing all this great work, but instead he releases these laborers, these just common everyday tent makers to where they really feel like we're building the church of Jesus Christ. If the church cannot empower its people so that they feel like as teachers, as, as businessmen, as, as moms, as whatever the case may be where they're at work, if they don't see their job as kingdom work, then the church isn't really passing on what Paul wants to establish there all the way in the book of Rome. 
The the last one that I want to highlight here is at the very end of chapter 16, at the very end of chapter 16, very beginning of chapter 16, verse 1, when it says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who's a servant of the, of the church, which is in Sancria. Sancria was a fishing port that was next to uh, Corinth. And our best guess is that Paul goes ahead and gives this letter to the Romans to Phoebe, who sailed across, brought this letter and read it to the people who were there. By her being a servant, that word in Greek is literally deacon. And so she's given a very high role within the church that wouldn't have been given to a lot of people during that time, especially to women. And the church of Jesus Christ needs to, just like we see in chapter 16 in verse 1 and then all the way through all of 16, it needs to be offered to both men and women, males and females, Jews and Greeks, slaves and free, we're all one in Christ Jesus. And so we need to find our place within his work to fulfill the roles that he's called us to so that he receives the most glory. And the glory that he wants to establish for himself, Paul is going to say is grounded in this good news, this euangelion, this gospel. And because the church is grounded in the gospel, it finds its life in the gospel. The question that all of us should be asking is, do I know the gospel? If somebody asked me directly, would I be able to explain that in a way that makes sense and that people could live their lives off of? If you don't, or if you do, listen to the next section and we'll discuss that.